TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands Podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is part of the Chair Shop Media Group and now is also available on Smart to Death Radio. I am Mags, and uh, keeping up this uh, this uh, appearance uh, um, schedule, I suppose, is Mr. Paul Talley is making it five weeks now in a row. This is this is unheard of in the history of Badlands, Paul. <laughs> How many is it to trigger my performance bonuses? <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 talk about your contract uh, uh, behind the scenes. Uh, how's your <laughs> week been? Ah, oh, very good, thank you. Yeah, I've yeah I've had a, had a week off work, so I've been um, trying to be as as productive less productive less is that a word? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you work in a university as well? <laughs> It's just a college. It's just <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Just trying to take it easy. How, how about yourself? Good, good week. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been not too bad. Uh, it's it's still getting to terms with this kind of pandemic COVID era, but let's get let's get to the here and now. Uh, we have got a really special guest today. She's uh, one of the most talented creators that, that I think we've had on this show. Uh, she's she podcasts. She's she's in the process of writing a book, and uh, she's also a former WWE employee. Uh, today we've got the illustrious Marie Shadows. Marie. Oh man, I'm great. Thank you for that wonderful intro. <laughs> I'm blushing on this side. <laughs> Absolutely no problem. It's a, a a genuine pleasure to to have you on the show. Uh, so yeah, just uh, tell us a little bit about about this book you're writing, a uh, uh, rookie. So basically, my novel is called Rookie. It follows a male protagonist. His name is Zemi, and he has his journey in the Indies all the way to stardom. However, he wants to uncover the truth about whether or not his father disappeared in the wrestling business or end up dying in the wrestling business because he was gone way too soon in Zemi's life. So he goes through trial and tribulations, some betrayals. Uh, his love interest is there with him every step of the way to try to uncover uh, what exactly happens uh, throughout, throughout the book. I've read the first uh, chapter. But, um, yeah, it just it just seems like a really cool, interesting story. And uh, I've uh, signed up to your Patreon because I, I, I want to hear the end of the story because it's so, so good. I thank you for that. And yes, I moved over to Patreon. I was originally on Substack. Um, I think that now it will just be a push for Patreon because there's a lot more ideas that I want to do with every single fan that signs up. You know, we can do live streams. We can just chat. I could post about, you know, my food pictures and all that. Um, So, yeah, I just made the switch to Patreon not too long ago. Definitely. Switching over to Patreon uh, and... Yeah, it's just you seem to be able to have a lot more uh, versatility in what you can you can offer your your audience over there. Um, so, what what is your Patreon link? So it is patreon.com forward slash rookie scp. Go and check her check her stuff out. Um, have, we, have we ever had an author on the show before? 
Um, do you know what? I, I, we've had a re- we've had wrestlers on. We've had obviously podcasters. Uh, we've all oh, we have. I have. You were you were off the the uh, the guy who did the wrestling figures retrospective. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's going to be a fun show. So let's, uh, Marie. Since you've never been on Badlands before. We kind of like to get everybody's uh, Matt Rushmore, the greatest wrestler of all time. So our resident accountant, Mr. Tolly here, can uh, can formulate the, the definitive Matt Rushmore from everybody's pick. So who are the, the four wrestlers that make your cut? And uh, a little bit of an explanation why each one does so. So the first one goes to Ric Flair because um, I was seven years old and my dad got me into professional wrestling. He started me off with uh, watching NWA Miss South and Ric Flair was there. So I highly appreciate everything he's done for the business. Uh, The second one is going to be Kenny Omega because he is super creative in everything that he does. And one of my inspirations uh, to, you know, for my writing, for anything like that, he just comes off like super um, special in that regard. Uh, Third is uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, because, you know, he took no names. He uh, kicked ass and stuff like that. Um, And he did what he wanted to. He was a badass. And then obviously Undertaker, because I appreciated that he got me into the creative side of professional wrestling to see what can be done in that aspect. So that would be my Mount Rushmore. Because only four people, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, but I, I could go on too, but like main top four would be those guys. Yeah, good pick. That, that, that makes Ric Flair the uh, the first of our 30 club. He's now got 30 votes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and um, and it, it pulls Undertaker a bit closer in, into contention, uh, nipping at Hulk Hogan's heels for that, that fourth spot on Mount Rushmore. Just to remind everyone, Ric Flair, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan occupying those top four places. It's going to take a lot to uh, see someone like really challenge them now outside the Undertaker and maybe Chris Jericho. It's going to need a, a big push for, for someone else to break through, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we, we, we've said uh, Jericho has just not had a vote in in ages. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, despite being an early front runner, So so uh, he's got some work to do. He's going to have to pull out a, a five-star classic in the next few weeks, I think. <laughs> he's going to have to. <laughs> So uh, let's get into this main topic. Uh, with with you, Marie, we uh, thought we'd go with the the topic of uh, supernatural powers and supernatural wrestlers in in wrestling. So the Mount Rushmore, the uh, the four greatest or worst uses of supernatural powers in wrestling. Um, who was who was your first pick on on your Mount Rushmore? Um, obviously, Undertaker. Yep. One of he's one of my. Uh, the picks that I've researched. Well, I actually lumped him in with his uh, with his brother Kane because I think if you talk about one, it's it's hard to kind of like separate him from the other one. Yeah, oh, you're, you're putting them in together. Yeah, I, I had them as one of my uh, what, the ones I researched. Uh, basically, I think it would be who, who turns it to go first in between me and you, Paul. Is it is it you or is it me? I think it's me. I think it's you this week. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, agree with Marie then and and put out. As our first pick, The Undertaker and Kane. Um, I think it would be a mockery of a supernatural base Mount Rushmore if we didn't include The Undertaker, especially when that's what a lot of his character was based around. And Definitely. That, yeah. 
Exactly. So with that, I think you also have to include Kane. Um, so in if you look at the seven years between The Undertaker's debut and then Kane's debut, you didn't really see a lot of the supernatural skill of Undertaker. Uh, it was mainly him just being controlled by the power of the urn and then the the ability to rise from the dead. Uh, if you remember the, the match with uh, Yokozuna where he rose out of the coffin. Definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, but... His supernatural powers were, were kind of kicked up a notch uh, after that fateful day on October the 5th, 1997, when Kane debuted to cost Undertaker the Hell in a Cell match against Shawn Michaels. And throughout the years, from feuding with each other to being an alliance uh, and to even like being on their own, the, both of the guys were able to kind of display that otherworldly control over. The, the WWF both could control the ring lights. They both were able to seemingly teleport from from place to place. Kane even had the the power of shooting the fire from the ring posts, and he was also very strong and resilient, kind of almost like a, a zombie in 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 that way. Um, but it it um it was a weird actual skill of Kane to have that that fire coming from the the ring posts because. You, this is a, someone who was burned severely as a child, and also saw his parents uh, die in a, fun, in a uh, funeral parlor fire, which was started by his, his brother, the Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, so just getting back to those supernatural powers, uh, you had the Undertaker in his kind of Lord of Darkness and Ministry of Darkness iteration. He started using uh, chants and magic spells. Uh, in in a, a quest to kind of control the opponents and recruit them into his ministry and looking to to kind of control the whole of the WWF. Uh, if you remember, he, he kidnapped Stephanie McMahon and tried to force her into a dark wedding and yeah. uh, sacrifice her in a in a ceremony. Definitely, man. Good times, right? Good times. Exactly, exactly. So this was led to Vince McMahon being uh, revealed as the the higher power or higher power, uh, as Undertaker called it on that day. Um, but then um, when uh, when Taker went through his American badass and uh, 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 dead man ink and big evil versions, he, he the the supernatural powers kind of waned a little bit, and it was only like the only started coming back once we saw the return of the the dead man uh, with uh, with. Each little subtle change, we saw little uh, additions to uh, to his supernatural powers. Uh, still being able to rise from the dead in buried alive matches, but he also had the power to throw lightning. Uh, so yeah, uh, going back to Kane, um, the Undertaker would, was able to use more of his supernatural powers uh, when he was uh, when he was involved with Kane. He uh, helped uh, after Kane uh, helped Vince McMahon defeat the Undertaker in a buried alive match. Um, yeah. Kane, um, Kane was kind of gloating that he killed the Undertaker, and then it got to the 2004 Royal Rumble when he started hearing Taker's music, and that caused him to be distracted and, and got eliminated. I think it was by Booker T who eliminated him. Uh, and then in the build-up to WrestleMania, Kane insisted that the Undertaker was dead, only for him to be subjected to several supernatural occurrences, such as like rain falling over him when he just stood there on on the entrance ramp, an empty casket that turned up in the middle of the ring, which then uh, appeared to have an urn in it. Um, so then, um, as Kane challenged Taker to the match at WrestleMania, threatening his legacy, his streak, and his laugh, the Undertaker used. Um, 
his powers to lift the ring off the ground whilst Kane was stunning it and started to tilt it um, sideways. But obviously this wasn't the last of uh, Kane's uh, involvement in otherworldly antics. Uh, if you remember in, in uh, the aftermath of WrestleMania 22, Kane uh, started to snap a lot and would hear his voices that focused around the date of May the 19th. Uh, which would make him attack his opponents and, and even his allies. Uh, and this day was apparently the day when when uh, Undertaker burned his mother and, and stepfather alive in, in the, the funeral fire, uh, which also led to a Kane versus Kane feud where it was revealed that the imposter, Kane, was behind these voices. The imposter that was played by, I think, was was played by Luke Gallows. Um so yeah, after after returning from a hiatus to promote promote the movie Cena Evil, uh, Kane's use of supernatural was mainly limited to to using the ring post fire and the and the voices in his head uh, that uh, that basically would tell him to be a monster until we finally got corporate Kane and then Mayor Kane. Uh, so yeah, my first pick for our Mount Rushmore would be the Undertaker and Kane. That's exactly what I have, and uh, Cena Evil is actually a good movie. Uh, I've, I've seen the first one. I've, I, I believe it did a, a, a sequel, but I've never seen that one. Yeah, they did a sequel. Um, I don't. I think I watched it. I don't remember what happened, but uh, yeah, um, the first one is always uh, pretty good to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't dispute that they are the they are the the kings of of the supernatural gimmick. Yeah, um, t- particularly the Undertaker. I had a for my picks i had a very very specific undertaker i had the ministry i had the ministry of darkness undertaker i was gonna oh, okay um, i was gonna put up there but yeah why not put put up his whole career on there because uh because pretty much right <laughs> I mean, he's, he's made it last for so long um yeah it's great yeah so marie uh since we've we've agreed on the on the first picks with the with the undertaker and, and obviously i added the caveat of kane uh who yeah. is who's your second pick um, the second pick would definitely be The Fiend. Uh, The Fiend has changed the game, and I guess we could do, like, Fiend and Bray Wyatt, but either way, that whole supernatural feeling of, you know, being scared and stuff like that. Um, I had attended a, uh, live WWE event before this whole pandemic, uh, thing happened in, uh, Madison Square Garden, and to feel, like, The Fiend coming out, that was, like, a really good, um a good uh day that time and also to feel undertaker's entrance too that that time also i was like i got treated to the best of both worlds both of those guys you got um, both. wow huh? yeah you got both. um yeah um it really like the fiend's entrance like really does mess with you you're like oh crap some, some stuff is happening you know um but yeah the fiend would be my uh second pick on um, my mount rushmore supernatural people it's, it's a- <laughs> It's a great pick. It's a great pick. The, the Fiend's um, the Fiend's debut, and I, I mean, mean the Fiend, not Bray Wyatt, was um, was really quite scary. It's quite terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> when that uh, was it, Finn Balor, I think, was his first victim. I think so. Um, and then him just coming out and you know, uh, just feeling it. Yeah. Um, super scary, and um, I just don't like what WWE did with dropping the ball with him. But you know, it happens. Always happening. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the best, the best part about going to a WWE event, and that's particularly if you're going to see a, a supernatural wrestler, is just to experience those entrances. I don't think yeah. I, I haven't had the chance to. I've, I've experienced a Kane entrance, 
but not um and the thing that struck me about Kane's entrance is just the heat off 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 the uh the, the fiery ring posts it's um, we were in um, Manchester Arena, which I think is a twenty thousand seater arena, and still oh, yeah. I was quite far back, and the heat off the off the ring post was was insane. Well, you know, Vince doesn't spare no expense. You know, if he wants fire, he's going to get fire somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen the Undertaker in that very same arena, um, Manchester Arena, and yeah, it, it's an experience. It certainly is. Um, we were literally right up in the nosebleeds. Um, and you could barely see any of the match, but the, it was all for the Undertaker. The match is, is secondary. It's all about that that entrance. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's such a good time. But yeah, it's a, it is a Bray Wyatt uh, slash the Fiend is is a great picker. He's not one who I went with because uh, what me and Paul tend to do is kind of second guess each other's uh, picks, and uh, oh. I, I, I assumed Paul would uh, would would. Would wax with lyrical about Bray Wyatt, um, so I, I didn't go Bray. Uh, so Paul, did you go with Bray? No, you've got me wrong. He did. A, he made my he made my long list, but um, he, he didn't he didn't he didn't reach the uh, research stage, unfortunately. Ooh, <laughs> I've, so now I've gone for right. Does it do, do we need to do we need to equate a particular wrestler? I suppose we're going to have to because you can't carve. What I'm going to say up onto Mount Rushmore. So I'll take a wrestler, and I'll say the guy who who originated oh. it, um, the great Kabuki. But in general, what oh, I want to okay. what I want to put up there is um, what's called Asian Mist, or or in Japan Poison Fog, um, as a supernatural move um, that I think is always very popular with the crowd. I love seeing I love seeing the uh, the mist come out, and uh, and I think it qualifies as supernatural. I think it's a supernatural talent, isn't it? I accept that. Yeah, and it certainly has supernatural um, uh, qualities because obviously you've got the different color mists um, that all all do different things. Um, so you've got the the green mist, which um, te- only temporarily blinds, kind of enough to win a match. You've got the red mist, which apparently burns the eyes with the strength of one thousand pepper sprays, um, which doesn't sound very nice. <laughs> then you've got black mist, which uh, which uh, can cause blindness for weeks or even permanently, as it did with um, Nidia. Yeah. Jamie Noble's girlfriend when Tajiri did it to her in WWE. Then I've not seen these ones used, but apparently there's blue, which can send your opponent to sleep. Um, yellow, which paralyzes. And purple, which causes memory loss. So I've not seen any of those three colors in action, but I'd quite like to. This is such a fantasy novel. It writes itself. Yeah, well, that's why I love it. <laughs> I, love, I love like Japanese RPGs. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, it's, it just reeks of that. Um, so, so it, it really speaks to me. But what, what, in researching it, because um, I didn't know this, what what fascinated me was it's not actually a Japanese invention. It's not. Um, no, it's created in America. Um, by, uh, yeah, like, by, uh-huh. by um, <laughs> Gary Hart in uh, in uh, in the eighties. So um, he'd he'd gone on a trip to Japan. He'd uh, been to um, see some kabuki theater. And he wanted to create a character in in America that um, kind of was influenced by Kabuki theater. Um, so he created the great Kabuki, who was a, who was a Japanese wrestler himself. Um, but he uh, it was it was Gary Hart who uh, who um, created the gimmick and created the the mist for the great Kabuki to spit. Um, 
and uh, and it went down very well. The crowds made him a very mm. very entertaining, very refreshing heel. Um, so yeah, it, it, so it started it started with him, and then obviously um, Vince McMahon seeing this in the eighties wanted to emulate it. Yeah. Um, so he created Killer Khan, um, who who also had the skill, and then seeing the WWF have success with the gimmick, WCW wanted to get in on an action, and they created the Great Muta. Yeah. Um, again, I, I I wasn't aware that the Great Muta, the character, was created in America, not not Japan. So this has been a bit of education for me. And Great Muta was billed as the Great Kabuki's son, and who had um, in, inherited uh, uh, Kabuki's unique skill of uh, being able to spray mist at will. Um, and uh, that's very popular for WCW. And then it was Muto who obviously took it to Japan, and it kind of then took off in the 90s over over in Japan. Since then, it's kind of been overdone in America, yeah. if you like. You've had Quang, Tajiri, um, Rosemary and Sue Young were both doing it. Lord Tensai did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now recently we've got Asuka, um, Asuka using it to, to, to good effect. Um, so it, it's, I think it's in danger of kind of being overdone, but actually as a, a supernatural move, if you like, it's one that's very believable and very, very fun and has kind of limitless potential, particularly with all that color coded effects going on. So it does. I'll, I'll put, I'll put, um, I'll put, I'll put the great, great Kabuki up there. Cool. Cool. All right, so we're, so we're back to me with my other pick, right? We're up well, to number three. Well, <laughs> well Mag, Mag's, Mag's can dispute and, um, oh. and veto that if he likes. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have a rule here on uh, Badlands where if uh, one of me or Paul don't agree with the other's picks, we can uh, we can take it off and uh, replace it with another one. But Paul <laughs> Paul knows how to pull at my heartstrings. He knows that I'm a, a huge uh, Japanese wrestling fan, <laughs> and there's no oh, okay. way, there's no way I'm taking off Asian Mister. Off the list, it's a it's a great pick, and it was only up to a, I'd say a couple of years ago when I actually realised that the colours made a difference in what what of the outcome of, of of what the mist does. Yeah, so yeah, it's a great pick, Paul. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That it's really interesting stuff, and like I said, that I think the potential for that's limitless. If they, if they were to introduce a character now, maybe even with Asuka, mm. um, if they started delving into that a bit more, I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but that stays on the list, and yeah, we we go back to you, Marie, for your for your third pick. Uh, we're gonna take it old school, and we're gonna go with Papa Shango. Oh, yeah. you are a queen. You're an absolute queen, cause I have Papa Shango on my list as well. Uh, that's my next yeah. one as well. Oh, all three of us. <laughs> Just so you guys know, when you're listening to this, we had no prior talk about our Mount, our Mount Rushmore's for the supernatural. But Papa Shango is one of the uh, greatest to get that role. Um, I even had the privilege of when I was at WWE to like watch his matches. So and uh, to work on the WWE Network uh, with those matches. So I got to the chance to relive his whole entire like Papa Shango um, era. You can understand why we all picked it. It's clearly uh, left a massive mark on us. Paul, are you are you putting that forward as your next pick? Because if you are, I shall uh, I shall avoid it for my pick. I was hoping to put it forward as my next as my next pick. That's absolutely fine. I've got I've got a couple more I can I can delve into. Um, you, you're too kind. <laughs> 
I'm only I'm only fifty percent likely to veto you now. Now you've been, now you've extended that, that kindness to me. It's, it's political, you know. You know how this works. You've got to utter up the electorate. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm going to avoid Papa Shango. I'm going to let Paul wax lyrical about Charles Rat and his uh, and his gimmick. Uh, I'm going to go with someone else who I think will uh, Paul will like. Uh, again, I'm I'm getting quite an expert at being able to to butter Paul up. So I'm going to go with um, Gangrel. Go oh, with Gangrel. Oh, yeah. That is nice. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the story of Gangrel. Um, so after short stints with uh, the three major companies in, in the US of WWF, ECW and WCW, David William Heath was rehired by the WWF uh, after Vince Russo and Bruce Pritchard uh, pitched an idea to, to Vince about having a vampire gimmick. And so the the character Gangrel was mm. was born. And even before he'd, he'd uh, really got into the character, there was a lot of controversy about the fact he was called Gangrel. Uh, WWE actually was uh, almost taken to court uh, and sued for using the name Gangrel because it's it's actually taken from a, a role-playing game called Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, but WWE uh, managed to uh, to get the license into to for the name. So any any uh, video games or or media that WWF put out with Gangrel included had to have this uh, this license included. Um, <laughs> So when Gangrel uh, wrestled, he, he really lent into the the kind of uh, vampire stereotypes of the the of the two thousands. Well, the late nineties, early two thousands. He would wear long, flowing white shirts. He would have a uh, black leather boots, uh, and he would have the sunglasses and also the, those amazing fang teeth. Um, the the supernatural. Uh, Parts come in when he would uh, enter the ring through uh, the 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 ring of flame. Uh, he would uh, he would have the arena washed in flashing red lights. That amazing theme music, which was just it's just iconic. One of the best. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then he would walk to the ring holding this mysterious uh, gothic style goblet. Uh, and when he actually got to the ring, he would take a sip of that that viscous red liquid and spit mm. high into the air. Um, leaving the kind of blood uh, eff- uh, effect dripping from his mouth. Um, going into his career, he soon started um, a feud with Edge, who was also uh, a fairly newcomer to the, the WWE. I think he debuted earlier in that year in, in June. Uh, and he introduces Edge's cafe brother, Christian, as, a, as Gangrel's ally. And after a, a short feud, uh, both... <laughs> Gangrel and Christian uh, was able to convince Edge to to join them, and uh, one of the best factions, the most underrated factions in WWF history, the Brood was formed. So then, after this Brood uh, was formed, we saw another kind of facet of Gangrel's uh, supernatural prowess. Um, before, during, and sometimes even after matches, you would see the lights go dark for a second, and then when they come back on, their opponent or their target would be would be doused in blood, uh, literally a bloodbath. Uh, so the brood got uh, involved pretty quickly with uh, the Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness uh, after being abducted and brainwashed. Uh, but this alliance uh, didn't last long, unfortunately, uh, because Undertaker wanted to punish Christian when he was attacked by Ken Shamrock uh, and revealed the location of uh, the earlier mentioned captive Stephanie McMahon. Uh, Edge and Gangrel uh, 
was opposed to this punishment and they attacked the undertaker and they rescued Christian and they kind of broke away from the ministry. Uh, but this was kind of like the end of the brood almost because straight away their next feud was with uh, the Hardys and Michael Hayes. Um, and Gangrel ended up turning on Edge and Christian to a line with the Hardys, uh, which he then was quickly usurped by one Terry Runnels. And Gangrel ended up uh, returning to singles competition uh, and quickly dropped into the kind of mid-card obscurity. Uh, he eventually brought in his real life wife, Luna Bashan, to, to manage him, but they both ended up leaving the company. And, and Gangrel is still wrestling to this day using uh, using the Gangrel gimmick. So, uh, yes, he a, is. A great career for him. And, uh, uh, he's also got the full rights to the uh, the character now. It's not owned by uh, White Wolf anymore, so he's got the the full rights to the Gangrel character. So absolutely good on him for, for still being able to, to wrestle and still being able to make a living off it. So, yeah, my third pick, uh, uh, well, our third pick and my second pick, I'm going with Gangrel. Yep. Yeah, great pick. He's an iconic character. I, I was I was thought Gangrel could have done could have done a lot more. Mm. Uh, I think the problem he had was the talent of his underlings. Because um, they couldn't keep Edge and Christian under him for too long because they were too good. They couldn't keep the Hardy Boys under him for too long because they were too good. He yeah. needed he needed slightly less talented underlings, and, and perhaps the brood could have gone on for a lot longer. And being fair to him as well, he was a very talented wrestler. He was a uh, he kind of uh, oversold a little bit. His uh, his reactions were kind of a little bit um, that comical. But as, a, as an in-ring wrestler, he was very, very talented. That Impact DDT uh, was, was a phenomenal finishing move. Yeah, he's very good. It, it, it was just that those guys below him were all Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally um, four, four Hall of Famers. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, we always, always look for a way to angle Big Boss Man in. Obviously, the Brood's finest work was, uh, was hanging the Big Boss Man. <laughs> that is very, very <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> He's already tall. <laughs> one, of, one, of the most, one of the most tasteless, uh, <laughs> one of the one of the most t- tasteless episodes of uh, WWE there's been, um, and, and that gets, must saying something. It yeah, gets man. brought up on this show so many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's like a fortnightly occurrence. We mentioned Boss Man. Um, so, are you vetoing that pick, Paul? No, no, not at all. I love Gangrel. Gangrel, uh, the Brood were like my, the Brood were like my favourite thing in that in that little uh, that little period they were in. I can just imagine you, Paul the Goth, long flowing black hair, black fingernails. <laughs> I wanted one of the uh, frilly shirts. Yeah, you are going. You <laughs> If if like Amazon had uh, had existed back then, I definitely would have had a frilly shirt. <laughs> I can just imagine uh, you in my chemical romance. Oh my god. <laughs> no, no, I won't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. So Marie, let's yeah. round let's round your Mount Rushmore off with your with your final pick. Uh do you guys like clowns? Um yeah, I, I work I, with I, one every week. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I hope you're on about the nerds. <laughs> um, I'm going to close out my Mount Rushmore with uh, Doink, uh, the clown, um, only because I personally don't like clowns, but the way that Vince and WWF at the time handled 
uh, Doink the Clown was very instrumental into trying to make a clown character for like future wrestlers and stuff like that if they wanted to go for that kind of gimmick. But the idea of it should have been Royal Rumble when Doink came out with the many Doinks after Doinks after Doinks after Doinks, or it should probably should have been King of the Ring, one of those two. But him coming out with all those multiple Doinks. That right there takes a lot of skill and planning and like supernatural powers because no one really knew too much about Doink. They just know that it's a clown. He's doing funny stuff in the ring, you know, uh, not to take him serious. But the moment you take him serious, you got to watch your back with him. So Doink would be my pick to uh, finish everything off. And yeah, I had the privilege of watching, rewatching his matches too um, over at WWE. Yeah, Doink. Yeah, I think, I think that's his second episode in a row he's been brought up. Yeah, um, I think it's a, one of the WWE's best uh, gimmicks, to be fair. The, the the potential of a clown gimmick, in, in especially back then in, in the, the kind of uh, career gimmick era, was was it was definitely WWE didn't use him to its full potential. Let's just let's just put it that way. Uh, whether that's down to the talent having his demons or 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 whatever, but it was yeah, it was a, a very wasted gimmick that could have been uh, a huge huge gimmick. I think they used him quite well. They, they, uh, undoubtedly, they could have used him better. Yeah, uh, that 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 gimmick could have sunk like a stone, but they did they did throw a lot behind it to begin with. Mm-hmm. It was good for its time. Um, if you try to do it now, you end up with uh, Freight the Clown, and that's and that's saying a lot. Yeah, they, they, they would play it too much for laughs now. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the whole, the whole, the great thing about Doink was uh, how sinister it was. Yeah, and it wasn't played for laughs. The bits where, exactly like you said, the bits where you he was trying to make you laugh was actually the bits roping you in. Yeah, so then you're in trouble. Definitely, man. Totally agree, and it's and it's a, a great pick to round out your Mount Rushmore. I was always um, disappointed he didn't remember the the um, the arcade game where he had like wasn't it a big electric hammer? Oh, um, was it? Not <laughs> yeah. Super WrestleMania. Yeah, that kind of for a while faded faded into my memories that he did actually used to have the big electric hammer. Hammer, and when I've watched back, I've been disappointed that he didn't. He he had a prosthetic arm or a, an arm in a cast that he used as a weapon. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not quite the same, is it? No. No. But, but it's a, a great pick all the same. Um, Tyler, round, potentially round our Matt Rushmore out. Wow, this might come as a surprise to you, but I'm going to go for Papa Shango. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did not think you were going to pull that out of the bag. <laughs> There's not much scarier than voodoo. Yeah. Um, and... and... Papa Shango was, you know, you know, a, a proponent of um, of voodoo magic. Um, he was only Papa Shango was only around for a year. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's this. He's a really iconic character. Uh, kind of a, a, anyone who's watching that era rem- remembers him. Um, and I think it felt longer. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think everyone remembers him for um, for the spell he cast on on the Ultimate Warrior. Yep, I was um, going to bring that up if you weren't. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> because for me, um, I was at an age where that was truly terrifying. I I was absolutely scared because Ultimate Warrior was was pretty much impervious to that point. Um, I know The Undertaker had locked him in a casket before that, and he'd kind of passed out from lack of oxygen. But apart from that, The Ultimate Warrior was pretty much untouchable. 
um, yet here he was having had this um, spell cast on him and the spell yeah. itself was really scary kind of Papa Shango had, uh, had cast it um, stood behind a like a, a like a dumpster fire kind of thing a really a really well shot promo for the time yeah definitely um, <laughs> and, and to see the warrior just in so much trouble um mm. he was you know he, he was bent bent double doubled over in pain um heaving wretching um uh-huh. in serious trouble and obviously taken backstage and he uh projectile vomited <laughs> all over the place <laughs> bright yellow kind of horrible stuff which vince loves anything with vomit yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's good shit. <laughs> we don't see enough vomit in WWE, I don't think. Um, but yeah, just watching, just watching as, as a young child, that truly did scare me. And I thought, why this Papa Shango's the real deal? And um, obviously, Vince and and Co thought he's the real deal as well because he he was thrown into the WrestleMania main event straight away, not as a competitor, but um, as, as as an interjector. Yeah. Um, obviously, he messed it up a little bit. Uh, by missing his cue probably didn't do his career's wonders there um but no he you know straight away he was he, he was running in to um to uh attack hulk hogan um in the, in the main event of wrestlemania 8 which started off the the feud with warrior when warrior came to make the save yeah um so yeah for me i, I want to put him on there because it had it really did have like a, um an emotional impact on me at the time um and a lot of supernatural gimmicks kind of don't land in that way. You can see through them; they feel a bit um, feel a bit forced. But that one was spot on. And just seeing the warrior in that amount of pain at the hands mm-hmm. of Abashango just just it had a big effect. I, I don't know what happened to Papashango. Um <laughs> Well, he's out there, you know. One day he'll come back. He's yeah. out there. <laughs> Has he ever come back? He will. Uh, you, I mean, we got to summon him. The, I think <laughs> the last match that he he had were were against uh, jobbers, but the last big match he had was a uh, you know qualifier for the ninety ninety three uh, King of the Ring, where he uh, lost to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah, I mean, America took him out. <laughs> I, I, would have, I would have thought the the, the, the cock up at WrestleMania might have might have held him back, but actually he had a he had a title match after that. Yeah, against, um, Bret against Bret Hart. So it kind of done. Um, I've, I've, when I was researching this, uh, I think he it, it won um, like worst gimmick at the Wrestling Observer um, Wrestling Observer Awards and stuff. So perhaps it just wasn't as popular popular at the time as I thought it was. Because uh, <laughs> I don't really know why why they gave up on that gimmick so so early. Yeah, Vince was uh, was uh, apparently really like high on. On, on the character, and like I said, he, he was thrust into the the main event scene pretty much straight away with uh, the the cock up at, at WrestleMania eight. But if you look at actually all his his kind of short run in the WWE, it, it was ruined by a comedy of, of pretty much errors. He had obviously the the very late running, which uh, speaking to to Charles Ryan in an interview, uh, he said he was he was he wasn't to, to blame. He was not given the right cue time. Uh, but then, but then after after the running, um, the Undertaker and Sid were meant to. Uh, the, sorry, the Warrior and Sid were meant to have a, a feud, but uh, Sid had failed a, a drugs test, so uh, Papa Shango was pushed into this feud with the Warrior. Uh, 
But that feud died a death when Warrior challenged Savage for the, the world title, so it was kind of like cut off uh, without uh, 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 a final match. So, so then Papa Shango was thrown into a feud with uh, Tito Santana, and when he eventually did get his match with Warrior, uh, or was set to have his match with Warrior uh, in late 1992, Warrior was released from the company due to, to um, steroid issues. Uh, but that's that's when he did get his uh, his title shot against Bret Hart. Um, so yeah, it was a. It'd be interesting to see what could have come of that character if if all the the, the cards fell the right way for him. Yeah, I suppose there's only a, a kind of a number of opponents that 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 his voodoo could have had that 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 kind of awe inspiring effect on. So like I said, Warrior was pretty much unbeatable. I guess Hulk Hogan he could have done it on. He was. He was more or less unbeatable. Perhaps the Undertaker. Um, there's, I guess, beyond those guys, the, the gimmick doesn't have the same level of impact. Like you said, Tito Santana. Does anyone care if uh, if he uh, makes Tito Santana sick? Probably not. Yeah, it depends on the situation and the story that they decide to go with. But um, times were changing when it was getting down to the wire, like what else can Papa Shango do? You know, the crowd was changing too. And sometimes that plays a role and a factor. And that's why, you know, we all of a sudden got Papa Shango to change to something else down the line. Yeah. So, Especially when, especially when your gimmick was, was so centered around this, this kind of being able to control your opponent supernaturally. Yeah. Once you've done that once and then it's not worked uh, with one mm-hmm. of the big stars, it, it does fall flat afterwards. You, you li- it's literally have the the epitome of having one string to your ball. Yeah, I guess it happened again with the boogeyman, didn't it? Because the boogeyman originally was was um, he had impact to begin with, but it it, it fades off very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which neither neither of us picked the boogeyman, and that says something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't think of an iconic boogeyman moment. Um, when he, when with Tiffany, off. Uh, biting off that weird ass mole on her face. Yeah, off Jillian Hall. That's the only thing. <laughs> I mean, Jillian, 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 not Tiffany. <laughs> Don't kill me, listeners. <laughs> um, now, does Papa Shango stay on our list? Um, I've got one other pick who I who I researched. And it's it's the ultimate warrior. So yeah, I'm going to leave Papa Shango on this pick. Uh, that would that yeah. would be the ultimate insult, wouldn't it? If you took Papa <laughs> Shango off, <laughs> and put the warrior on, you screwed his career up. And, and the reason why I had the warriors is not even because of his WWE F stuff. Uh, even though he had like the the energetic ring enters and the the absolute babbling uh, promos, he didn't really have a lot of what you call supernatural powers. Uh, it was actually his WCW work when he when he was drafted back in so Hogan could pick up his uh, his return victory about him where he would uh, he had the magic smoke which knocked out all the NWO members, he, uh, except for Hogan, obviously. He, um, he had the ability to teleport, which uh, definitely didn't use a trapdoor under the ring, and that definitely didn't almost paralyse David Boy Smith uh, during Fall Brawl 98. Um, and then there was there was all that uh, uh, the warrior in the mirror behind Hulk Hogan um, scene that that they did. So uh, he he does have some supernatural skill, but it would be a mockery to take off uh, Papa Shango for the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, it would. 
Yeah. Did you have anyone outside of WWF on your shortlist? Um, oh, wait, for me or for Max? Both of, both of you. Uh, I'm going to say no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what a tease. <laughs> I mean... That's, that um, was such a letdown, but I'm saying no as well. Really? Okay. <laughs> I had, uh, I had, um, I had Matt Hardy. Um, from, oh yeah, with um, the broken gimmick. From, from, yeah, broken Matt Hardy from, from Impact. I also had Rosemary as well. Um, but yeah, again, they didn't make the, didn't make the short list, just on the long list. Just one for you as well. Did, would you consider hulking up as a, as a uh, supernatural power? No. Okay. I, I didn't. That's my fault. That, that's why I chalked it off. What kind of power uh, is that? It's the, it's the just, power of endorphins. <laughs> the power of uh, eating spinach, saying your prayers, drinking milk, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't oh, consider yeah. that to be uh, supernatural. It's just one of those things of like, you got guts and grit, so, you know, keep on going, but no supernatural. I'm glad I didn't pick it then. Really glad I didn't pick it. <laughs> the power of a very good diet. Uh, weights and lots and lots of steroids. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did make your shortlist then? Uh, I had uh, Gangrel, which I've mentioned, Papa Shango, which you stole. Uh, <laughs> you, you gave me. You gave me. <laughs> we stole, all agreed upon Papa Shango, though. <laughs> yeah, stole after you uh, didn't beat her. So now I can say you stole it. Uh, <laughs> and I had the Ultimate Warrior and obviously Undertaker and Kane. Nice. Um, so, uh, Marie, uh, after that, that was amazing fun. Uh, some really good Mount Rushmore's. What we need from you now is a, a topic for a future guest. What kind of a subject would you like to, to hear a Mount Rushmore on? How about we go with the movies? They're Mount Rushmore based on Avengers. Oh. I was going to say Die Hard, but I think that would have been a little too more complicated. But we could go with Avengers. So uh, who we would cast as uh, as, uh, as Avengers? Yep, that's yeah. A, that's a wow. Good. Like the top four that you would get, then be like, if you ever had to do Avengers Assemble, these are the wrestlers that you'll get. Uh, females can be definitely included on that Mount Rushmore too. Yeah. I'm a, glad I've got a few more days off work because this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna take some thinking. It's a, a great topic. I, I love the topics where you can, you've got a little bit of um, free will, almost kind of like you can, you can uh, deep dive into into a subject, and I think this one will be perfect for that. Yeah, really. This... Assigning a character to a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, this is the good stuff we get when we book creative types. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, yeah. because even on uh, my podcast, I was talking about like which AEW wrestlers are equivalent to Dragon Ball Z characters because they show a lot of similarities between like the characters and what they play on uh, television. And I also talked about how AEW acts like an anime, like all the way through, if you really pay attention. So I'm very curious to know people's Mount Rushmore's about like, if I was like, hey, you know, uh, name me AEW guys are equivalent to Dragon Ball Z guys, you know, what do you got? You know, cause that's like very interesting to talk about. The same way with the Avengers. We all have like our Avengers in like real life with our family of like, oh, I'll put these guys on a pedestal. Why not do it with wrestlers or like with celebrities and stuff like that who don't play the actual roles. But you I get like it. it. I like it. 
It's interesting you say that. I, I, on, on my shortlist, I had Finn Balor, and I'd actually put in my notes that he's that he's that he's like an anime character. Yeah, so uh, not, definitely. Not the same at all. It is. It's like the Dragon Ball Z thing. I just <laughs> how you know how he um, he has this in, inner power, this that, that he has, but he can't control it. It only come. He can't bring it out at will. That's very so, anime. So like the Hulk. So yeah, basically, yeah. he um, he'll be more like uh, little Gohan. Um, son, uh, when Gohan was little, Gohan couldn't control his powers at all. He had all the power in the world until like um, after the whole Saiyan saga. Piccolo took him, trained him, and got him used to controlling his powers in a way. So I guess I can see that. Exactly. Yeah. Finn Balor yeah. as Gohan. Anyway, make, make a note. Finn, Finn Balor as as the Hulk. Yeah. I use that next week. Well, you could, you could even if you linked it to X Men, it could be uh, Jean Grey how she uh, struggled to control her powers. Yeah. You could do. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. See, this works. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a very interesting uh, topic. I can't, I can't wait to to kind of do the research on that one. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, thanks for that, Maria. Tell us. Um, Tell us about your, your podcast and uh, give us a little bit more information uh, about uh, the creative work that you've been doing recently. So my podcast is called The Square Circle Podcast. Um, it got started right after that horrible main event of Hell in a Cell 2019. I got upset. I got with my friends and I was like, we're going to do this. We're going to talk about wrestling. And on my Patreon, I put up the first ever episode that I ever did with them. And fast forward to now, um, I do it all by myself. Um, I limited the amount of wrestling that I talk about because I can't cover everything by myself. But I still enjoy talking about AEW mainly because I fell out of love with WWE. And that's not because WWE let me go after I worked with them, you know, during my time. But it's just a matter of um, their decisions weren't as good as they used to be. So, you know, WWE is still there. I usually see whatever Twitter is complaining about. Um, so originally, the Square Circle podcast was supposed to help out the indie wrestlers. So like I keep saying that my client is JD Alpha. He's an indie wrestler wrestling um, along the East Coast, getting his name out there. And we always hang with the boys. And I'm always welcome to be in the back and during production meetings and in other wrestling companies here in New York City and New Jersey. So my podcast was supposed to give them a spotlight. Pandemic hit, can't really give these guys too much of a spotlight, but I tried the best that I can. Um, and the only thing that I can think of is like interview, interviewing them and stuff, but that was the heart of the Square Circle podcast. Now I changed my focus to writing about my novel uh, called Rookie, which again is just following the main character to see whether or not his father disappeared or died in the wrestling business. And you get to be on his journey from indies all the way to stardom. And I hope to publish that um, by 2021. Your help will be greatly appreciated. And I just talk to everyone and anyone on Twitter. So you can follow me there at Marie underscore shadows. Um, but yeah, any other specific questions, let me know. <laughs> and, and one thing about Marie is uh, unlike my illustrious cohort here, she has very good food takes. Um, <laughs> I do. Um, I'm very proud of the food that I make. <laughs> where, where, Mr. Tully? I, I'm, I'm proud of the food I make. It's just, <laughs> just to a normal human, it's it's abhorrent. 
<laughs> but this has been a, a, an absolutely just. I knew it'd be a fun show, and it and it and it didn't. Uh, it didn't disappoint, Mister Tolly. It's oh, that cool. time <laughs> Well, that, that's that's it for. Uh, hope you enjoyed our um, our scary episode of Badlands. Um, I tell you something else: the scary, the amount of places you can find my illustrious co-host um, Mags. I forgot your name. <laughs> that's good going. I've been doing so well at this outro for so long, and now I've forgotten your name. Oh man! <laughs> Best friends right there. Best yeah. friend goals. Marie, this guy forgot who Vince McMahon was. In, we were once doing a, a podcast about authority figures, and he forgot who Vince McMahon was. <laughs> forgot all about his career. He, he oh, brought damn, up Vince yeah. as a pick, and then forgot about him. Damn, you're putting him on the spot. <laughs> damn. Paul gives off this this air of professionalism, but. <laughs> Let me try again. It is it is scary. How many places you can find Mags? Um you can obviously find him on Twitter at Dej Kirkby D E J Kirkby. Um you can find his many great podcasts. Um we've got uh we've got, <laughs> we've got why we watch. I knew you wouldn't you, you, did, you did well to last four weeks without without fluffing. It's I like... deserve the fluff fluffed out so. it's once i make one mistake my confidence goes to shit uh, <laughs> you, you can listen to why we watch <laughs> and <laughs> five rounds pod on uh on uh visionaries global media just type visionaries global media into your podcast engine of choice um you can also find him um where else where else can we find you find you <laughs> You can find me on Smart to Death Radio uh, with uh, Why We Watch Five Rounds and Badlands. And Badlands is also available on the Chairshot Media Group, which is just, it still blows me away that we're involved with, with such amazing networks. Uh, we've very been very, very blessed. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. It, 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 it is amazing that we're, that we're involved with them. Especially with the professionalism that we come up with on uh, on these outros, yeah. So find us all those places. Uh, <laughs> Mags, Mags just uh, bailed me out mentioning. Um, obviously, keep yourself safe and always use your head. See you next week. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.